This week, three sides of the coin. It's just another fun three sides episode, five overlooked Kiss album tracks. Were they the right ones? Did they miss some? Um, this is fun, and you can play along with us. Oh, it's an and, and a little bit more discussion on all the amazing videos that are dropping on YouTube right now. Mark adds a little more to it. So I, I think it's a very old school discussion. You guys are going to yeah. dig it. This is, this yeah, is, this is this fun. Is old school three this is what we like doing. Yeah, actually, this is the heart of what we do, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we love we, this. We try to stuff. do. Yeah, good this stuff. is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things Kiss. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the hey, Coin. Hey, Cameo. It's Three Sides of the Coin, and we're here. And you can hire us to say something on video for you. But, but before everybody like rolls their eyes and goes, what the hell am I hiring three sites for? We are donating 100% of the money we raise to charity, okay? So think about that when you want us to say something. We can do a birthday shout out, an anniversary shout out. Lisa can do like a Paul Stanley rap. Couldn't you, Lisa? Would you do that, please? I can sing Read My Body. I can do a Paul Stanley rap. Anything that you want to do, I'll do. Mark, well, not everything. Would, would, would you get up and go open something? No, but I'll <laughs> say something funny. <laughs> I'll read a comment. Yeah, Tommy will. Re- you can send Tommy a comment and he'll read it. Now, seriously, you guys all know what Cameo is all about. We'll do a video shout out for any occasion saying anything you want. You know, I don't know if we've even got any limits. You could you could have us say something like three sides of the coin sucks and we'll do mm-hmm. that. Well, I mean, does, we're, we're really easy here. So head over to cameo.com. Look for three sides of the coin. The four of us will get together and record a video message for you, donating all of our money to charity. Mm-hmm. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of three sides of the coin. Yeah, Ed is here for about 10 minutes, looks at his watch, and then just leaves. So, yeah, Ed. It's just us every week. Yeah. (laughs) Well, except last week when I wasn't here and everybody was, I heard the cheers erupting across the internet. We had the lovely Lisa. Boy, she always looks smoking out. Oh, God, she was wearing a tank top. I know she sent you some love. Yeah, tank top, and <laughs> she was singing, and yeah. Um, so, um, and, and and listen, I mean, it is Ed's job, so I'm not going to do it. But we're getting a lot of love for last week's episode, talking about, you know, your parents and did they support you as a Kiss fan? Um, it's another I not, one. That, I was going to say, I have not read read comment one yes i'm looking for you just said like oh fuck i need to check that out yeah it it was there's there's people like those types of 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 shows because it's a show that every single person can relate to and we've had comments from people who are like my mom or my dad hated them to my mom had her own kiss army jacket you know and you know and i i wasn't there last week and i can tell you real quick my parents totally supported it i mean my mom got me my first kiss record rock and roll over in the rca record club my mom was always going to garage sales and looking for kiss stuff didn't worry whether i had it or not she always bought anything she saw kiss 
My parents were always cutting out articles from the newspaper to save for me. I think in at least one occasion, my dad went, went to work early and stopped to buy me concert tickets once. So, I mean, you know, what did they think of Kiss? I don't know. But they never said anything about not liking them, insulted by them. I mean, your folks met them, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I got a group photo with them um, on the Psycho Circus tour. Um, I got tickets for them for a couple of shows. I mean, they it was funny. One of the shows, McGee's office gave them front row center tickets. And I was huh. like, I called up the office. I'm like, you know, I appreciate front row center, but I don't think you want my mom and dad front row center. Can you give them something up off to the side and give some fans? Cause you know, I don't, I don't think Gene and Paul want to see my mom and dad front row center. They want to see boobs. You yes. know? <laughs> and they're not talking about the town, the, the, the Mark and Mike. Type. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> they're talking about real, the real ones. Um, yeah. I mean, so they've seen kiss. So they were completely supportive and you know, I just got to I guess that just makes it a lot easier being a fan when you don't have to fight. It makes it easier being a Kiss fan when you don't have to fight your own parents as well as other fans of other bands. Michael, I I it wasn't until I was older that I realized how great I had two parents who especially my mother. If I liked it, it you know, I, I explained that last week. My mom could not have been any more supportive of anything you know, either hockey or kiss or playing the drum, man, if I showed an interest in it, she was laser like, yeah. yep. you know, I mean, it's, it's great to have that relationship. My dad's yeah. like, okay, go ahead. Do, do your thing. Go, he, go. You, know. you want to go to the concert, go to the concert. Nobody questioned anything. And again, I don't know, maybe deep down inside, they were like a lot of parents, like, I don't understand this. I can't figure it out. It's, it's crazy. It's weird. It's spitting blood. They never did anything like that. They were just like, if this is what you love, we support you and we will we'll drive you to the show or we'll pick you up or we'll buy the tickets or we'll cut out the newspaper article because you're living in Chicago and they're coming to Minneapolis and we saw them in the Sunday paper and here's the article we saved for you. That was great. So great to have that. Amen. Hey, because uh, my battery is about ready to go. Let's, so, uh... so, so, so. Do you have anything like a nickel that you want to put in? Did you have something you wanted to comment on? Because let's be honest. I know you guys talked about some new videos last week. And since then, like three other ones have been released. Three amazing videos from the archives have been released. It was like the great Carmack last week. I was like, more stuff is going to be uh, unleashed on the public. And guys, you know, careful where you get some information on things. Um, I'm not going to, how do I say this without repeating everything that I said? Well, put it this way. Everything that I said last week came to fruition. Everything that I said last week is hundred percent true. What's going on with this, this media drop. It's really, like I said, and, and I'm not going to uh, uh, pander to the one kiss site, but some people don't know how to use the word, use the, use Google. I, I used the word nefarious last week and it made some heads blow on a certain kiss site, not ours. Cause we've got good people that understand common sense and logic here. Um, guys make a long story short and it's all going to come out, but I, it's not my place much as I, much like I said last week, it's not my place to 
tell this whole story, but I know it. A scumbag stole the stuff and he's selling it. That's all. I mean, there's, that's pretty much the long and short of it. And that's why this stuff's leaking out. And uh, it's going to continue to leak out, I think. Um, and, and much to the dismay of some people, I had, I had nothing to do with this. I just happened to run in a circle. Wait, so you're, I, you're not in misery. You're not sad. You're not hardly weeping, You're not losing tens of thousands of dollars. No, no. It, actually, I saved <laughs> lots of money because when I found out who was behind all this a year ago, I wanted nothing to do with it. And that's where people don't understand. I, Michael and I, we're going back and forth on one of the other KISS sites, just reading some of the crap and just laughing, going, really? I, I have nothing to do with this. I just happen to know what's going on. And I shared that with you guys. I said, oh, a nefarious thing happened. And you know what? And again, I said this last week. I don't want, why am I repeating it? Because obviously some people don't get it. I'm happy for the fans. I'm happy you get to see that. I think it's awesome. I support it. Couldn't be happier. However, guess what you're probably never going to get? Kissology 4. Sorry. Why are or they anything, anything in the future out? that might have yeah, been or planned anything for in the these future. clips. Yeah. That, which... Guys, again, I'm, I'm going to use this, you know, earlier, or actually, because this is the first part, later in the show, I go, I go to somebody who told me something that they told me to my face, and I talked about before, but they were alive at the time. So I didn't, and they asked me not to say nothing. Well, they're dead, so I said what they said, because it's the truth, and they said it to my face. What does that matter now? I bought stuff off at of J.R. Smalling. And I don't have it absolutely handy, but I have a typewritten signed letter from him telling me the stuff that I'm buying from him. I have the masters now. Guess what? I had them for like maybe five, six years before he started selling them again or sold them to other people. Boo-hoo, you know, <laughs> who cares? But I got burned before. But guess what? I went to him and I wanted to know what he had. And he sold me. The, the the destroyer demos back god early 2000s maybe even earlier than that i don't know but it was a long time ago and i bought them that's the right way to do this if you want to do the homework and do the legwork yeah yeah and and when i got them i didn't sell them to anybody there's a huge difference between that and somebody stealing stuff and, and then, then selling, selling it there's a huge MFing difference. Huge. Well, let's start with stealing. Yeah. And if you don't know that, you're fucked in the head. Sorry. That's just it. If you think it's cool that somebody stole something of yours and then sells it, you think that's cool? Because that's what happened. That's what happened. And I don't care what you say. Oh, Kiss is rich. Hey, man, it just doesn't affect Gene and Paul. Guess who no longer has a job? The video editors and the suppliers. And guess what? That's who that affects. What happened with these things is wrong. Again, happy that everyone sees them. Very. Does this affect me financially or personally? Not an iota. Not an iota. But what happened was wrong. You shouldn't steal from somebody else and sell it as yours. That's wrong. And you know what? The, who's ever in charge, and I know who, but who's ever, whoever did that, I'd probably start feeling a little 
little heat right about now. They know well, it. And, and, and let's just be clear. You're not the only person who knows the story. Sure. It's every, every, every day, more and more people are becoming aware of what really happened here. We're putting two, to, two and two together and figuring out, you know, who's dead, basically. <laughs> um, the, the, this, like you said, Mark, this will come out eventually. It's going to come out. And this is going to be one of those great discussions at a bar amongst KISS fans of, do you remember back in 2022 when all these great things were being released? Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, what you've seen is this much of this much. I'm not saying that everything's going to come out. It may or may not. I don't know. But this is just scratching the surface. That's how great this dump is. And that's what's so wrong about it. Because again, I liked getting history. I liked when Kiss released stuff. And yeah. I like when they did it properly. I do. I, I, you guys didn't buy animal license. You, you didn't buy that. The, you know, you didn't buy Kissology. You didn't buy all. Of course you did. Because you love it. It's fun. And it was put together. Great. It's a great watch. Guess what you're not going to get again. That's all. You know, if you think that's cool, then fuck, who cares? You know, you, you think that's great. Fine by me. But, uh, boy, that's timing. You mean Ed? Still that, that is Ed. I got to call him. Um, so, anyway, anyways, yeah, we got to. I just wanted to say it also, too. This is also to the little snarky bastards who, who you know what? That Kobo show you're watching, that's not, the, that's not Kobo audio. And that's also another piece of this puzzle. I talked to the person who's a, a longtime friend of mine. That audio on the Kobo is from Long or yeah, Long Beach, excuse me. That's not that's not the Kobo audio. How about my friend, my longtime friend who worked on that? Because what you're enjoying, there's more to it than this thing popping up on YouTube. People put a lot of work into that. And whoever sold him out didn't shouldn't have done that. It was wrong. That's all I'm saying. It's wrong. The drama of the kiss world never ends, does it? Nah. At, le at least in this drama, we're getting some, we as in the fans are getting some cool shit. Yeah. Some very cool shit. I mean, the, very you know, the, 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 the 3 p.m. Tokyo show from 1977. Uh, to me, that was that that's one of the Holy Grail releases so far that blows the, away the, the first few releases. The, the Look, the 76, rehearsals. 76 rehearsals. I mean, we've oh. all seen just minutes of that. Now you get the whole thing again, guys, it's just the tip of the iceberg. If things go the way they're going now, but then again, they may not. I don't know that I can't predict the future, but I do know what was stolen. And that's, there's a lot more, man. Enjoy it while, enjoy it while yeah. you can. And while it's all coming out, because again, yeah, it could stop tomorrow. Yeah. So again, and look, I'm happy as a fan to see that stuff too. I'm just as happy as you are, but it doesn't mean that it was done right or done correctly. It wasn't. That's all. I guess that was, if that's the point to make, that's the point I'm trying to make is that yes, happy for everybody, happy for myself. I like watching this stuff too. But when you know that it was, but when you was steal, done, when you steal it, so you can release it, that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's, yeah, wrong. that's true. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. All right. So um, (laughs) we got a cool guest. We got a kind of a cool, fun, just typical three side discussion coming up. We're joined with Greg, Mm -hmm. um, who who wrote an article, Five Overlooked Kiss Album Tracks. We talk about his five. We question his five. We talk about other ones. Um, It's such a fun discussion. And it is literally a discussion every single person listening can play along with and there's going to be no right or wrong answers to this just play by the rules what nah guess who doesn't (laughs) of course mark doesn't all right let it roll and we'll see you at the end hey three sides of the coin the tool's back i know you're all moaning and groaning right now and you enjoyed last week Uh suck on it um (laughs) we are welcoming back greg 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 how you doing man you're back this is how i'm doing you've got you've got it off the kiss book which you were on here for the eric carr story and you got a new book you said you just released. i do have a new book i just i might as well put it right out there right off the right off the bat iconic guitar gear where i talk about all the uh classic uh Guitars, amps, and effects that all the renowned guitarists have used. And Kiss fans will enjoy, the, will enjoy this because Bruce Kulick is in here and also Ace Frehley's in here. Nice. So Hold I, on, I really quick. Like Wait, no, no Vinnie Vincent? No Vinnie Vincent, sadly. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. Any, any no Vinnie Vincent, Black no Mark St. John. Oh, wait, Tommy Thayer is in it as well. He is. Nice, nice. Isn't it? And I also just want to point out, too, I'm wearing my least favorite Kiss album I have on my shirt right now. Uh, you is, know, is I mean... Gonna- we, we we could we could have a whole discussion on that. I mean, we had that fun episode a couple of weeks ago where we read the Cream review, and yes, that, I, that I was literally my least favorite album as a kid when it came out. Mm-hmm. But I got to say, nowadays I listen to it a lot, a lot more, a lot. I mean, I, in hindsight, I like it. Back mm-hmm. then, it's it just it sucked. It was you terrible. Know it is too. It's it right. It's right because rock most rock music nowadays is like pure doo doo. So I'm pretty sure Unmasked and the Elder probably sounds better than most of the stuff that's popular today. That's true. That's true. It's also because well, I'm a, a, it's also because I'm a bit of a uh, <clears throat> old fart at this point. So. <laughs> we all are, aren't we? <laughs> um, so we're going to kind of start off today's conversation um, around an article you wrote for AllMusic.com a couple weeks ago. Yes. The five overlooked Kiss album tracks, and mm-hmm. and and I, and this isn't meant anything towards you, but every time I see a, a website do something like this, especially about Kiss, I'm like, come on, how the hell do you just pick five overlooked tracks out of how many song original songs are in Kiss's catalog at this point? Three hundred, four hundred songs. I don't know. Somebody will correct me, but there's it was hard so many. Do overlooked songs and at least for me any given day of the week depending on my mood the overlooked songs change yeah you know the the way i put it together was i was trying to think of maybe that people the people that aren't super huge kiss fanatics i was kind of looking at like that and also i didn't want to include songs that were included on uh kiss alive or kiss alive too so for instance like she is a very big, she is a huge uh, favorite of mine. So I didn't include that. I also love watching you. I didn't put that on there because that's on a live. So I kind of use that as a bit of a uh, guideline. It's okay. funny when I was doing this in my head, I did the same thing because I, I've always, and again, and then you change the rules, right? No, no, no. Although I'm <laughs> on sure himself. 
Yeah. No, no, but I, that was one of the rules when, cause I didn't go deep into this because I said such a busy day, but when I was driving around today, I was thinking about, you know, what, what we were going to talk about. And I, and I really think that's one of them. I mean, or excuse me, this, this is a criteria. Cause for me, I think the greatest under the radar song to me is, is flaming youth. Cause I just love that song, but it's not on any live album. And although they did play it in 2016 and briefly in 76, it really didn't, you know, it's also not a very easy song to play. Um, well, yeah. I mean, not many musicians are well-versed in the calliope. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, it's really a, a great song. I really, it's funny because I love the live version. I wish they would have kept, I would have loved to have heard that song on rock and roll over. Cause I think it would have, uh, although, also, just being the, the, the contradiction, I actually love the Calliope in that song. I just oh, so do I. Yeah, I love the one demo that's on the Destroyer demos where they drop the chorus out and they just have the Calliope pumping. I thought that would have. I, 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 I haven't even heard that. How is that cool? It's cool. It's, that it's, very, it's, it's an actual demo, and mm-hmm. they cut the the because they keep repeating that chorus. To right. the point where it's like, let that Calliope do what I think Ezrin wanted it to do. Just mm. kind of bring a different flavor to the song. And I've, I've always enjoyed that. So I was very happy Definitely to see to check that. that out. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. Have to check that one out. Well, so I don't know how we want to do this. Let's just kind of run through your list and we'll just chime in on whether we agree and what we might change. But sure, and, you know, I, I just want to say one thing. Uh, one song I came very close to including, but I did not include because I had to include at least one non-makeup track. I wanted to include Rock and Roll Hell, but I just, it was between that or non-makeup. And I said I have to have at least one non-makeup. So, But the non-makeup one I included, I am a big fan of too. So, um, Well, let's start. I don't know if this is at the bottom or the top of your list. I don't think this is in any numerical order. You just No, it's five. just in order of uh, the year it came out. So, so up first is uh, Strange Ways from Hotter Than Hell. Right. Um, you know, I think that's a great tune. I could, I could say that's, that's you know, uh, uh, overlooked track. I'm not sure that's one I would go to, hmm. mainly because only, you know, if you're, this is why it's different for every single person. I'm not sure I would go to anything off the first three albums because I didn't, as I've said so many times, I didn't get into Kiss until Destroy Rock and Roll Over. So I right. would focus on the Kiss that I grew up listening, not the Kiss hmm. I didn't listen to. But saying right. that, you know, there I, I can't argue. Strange Ways is is a, a an amazing overlooked song for sure. Well, I mean, like I say in the article, it's because I think Ace's solo is one of his best solos in that song. So yep. that's why I think that should be included. I'm, I'm right. As soon as I briefly looked at your list, I'm like, yep, that see, I take it as underappreciated songs because that's I think they only played that once, maybe twice live and uh, back in the day. And I've heard it on the Kiss crew, so it's hardly a staple in the set. Mm-hmm. But that song is see, that song to me is, is every good, every bit as good or better than most of the stuff on that record. I, I love that song. And I, I see why you included it. I would also go as far as that record. I would go with uh, All the Way, too. I, I like that's just a fun tune. It's an enjoyable tune. And it doesn't yeah. get love that, uh, you know, most of, you know, Parasite or, you know, 
uh, Even Coming Home or any of those songs get. So uh, I think that yeah, was a great because, choice. Yeah, because another thing is like Parasite, I, I didn't really want to include because that's on a live. Going Blind was on the uh, <clears throat> MTV Unplugged. So like there were certain songs that could have, you know, that I was thinking of, but I wound up going with uh, Strange Ways just because it was never really played live. But you said it's been, see, now the thing is too, is I've always heard rumors that they played it maybe once or twice back in 1974, but it, there's never been any audio that's ever serviced to that. Right. That's correct. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows if, if it really even happened or if people are just spreading that rumor. Um, the next track you list, I wholeheartedly agree with. Mr. Speed from Rock and Roll Over. What a fucking great song that is. Yep. Um, it, it needs to be played much more often by Kiss. I was I was fortunate to hear Kiss sound check that in Australia on the on the um, farewell tour. And even when Paul came off stage and saw the small group of us standing backstage listening to it, he's like, he he was grinning ear to ear and is like, you know, how's that sound? Right. You know, I, I think he he even loves that. So it, it would be one of those songs that would be fun to sit down with like Gene and Paul and ask them why they don't play it. Does one of them hate it? Did one of them have a bad experience with it? You know, because a, a lot of times it, it comes down to that. I mean, it's, uh, you know, every guy in the band has their favorite songs and their songs they hate. And there's a give and choose, especially between Gene and Paul of, okay, I'll do this one, but you got to do this one. Um, why isn't Mr. Speed in the set list is beyond me. That is a great overlooked tune. He also, it's strange that they would have chosen to do Take Me live around that time as opposed to doing Mr. Speed because I think Mr. Speed is a much better song than Take Me. Yeah. I don't debate that. It's funny because I look at this through the eyes of what songs are every bit as good as the singles and every you know, should be played live. That's that's the way I kind of look for this underappreciated thing. Now, although they did make a video for it, um, and it was played live a couple of times more recently, um, Love Them and Leave Them has always been one of my favorite songs. I, I would go with either that or Baby Driver. Um, hmm. And we get a little bit farther in the conversation, I'll, I'll bring up Peter again, because I I think that song is... It's funny, too, because I, when I read Gene and Paul talk, especially Paul, he doesn't seem to like Baby Driver. I'm like, I always like that. I think P Peter sings his ass off. Yeah, he does. He does a great yeah. job on that song. And I mean, if, if if Peter's performing in the band, of course, you're going to always get Beth. But boy, I'd love to see Peter get, you know, Baby Driver or Hard Luck Woman as well. I mean, those are just some really good tunes. Gene and Paul always seem to badmouth Peter's singing voice. But I personally think he had a, uh, a, a, a very good singing voice. So I, I don't know why they keep, like, there's always interviews where they say he wasn't that great of a singer, which I uh, disagree with. I, I think he was great within Kiss. I don't, I think so. Too. I don't like his solo stuff, but that's, oh, not, no, his, that's, not, that's not his voice. That's just the song right. style. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I've got no issues with, peter's kiss songs from the 70s they they should have gotten a little more attention yeah i couldn't agree more also you know just as a drummer obviously peter takes a beating and uh but up until 78 i you know you can go back and we'll touch on this later in the show 
you know, you watch the bootlegs, uh, you know, anything from 74 through 78, he's just playing his he's, ass he's, off. Yeah, he was, he was at his peak in Kiss. It, it is so noticeable after that how far, far, far down his level. I don't know if it was caring or the drug. I don't know what it was, but I, I would know, guess it's. I know, a, I'd guess it's all of the above played yeah, into because all you got to do is watch you know a show from 77 you know the, the japanese show is but especially the alive tour stuff mother scratches he just on fire yeah yep yep there's, yeah. there's always a, a misconception that you have to be technically great to be like a great drummer or guitarist but for me i always it's if you play for what's right for the song i mean i love rush but neil part wouldn't have sounded right in a kiss you know kiss song and that, I, I say that all the time. Could you imagine yeah. Highway to Hell with? Brr, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? I <laughs> well, you, you know, and, and, and that was less of an issue back in the 70s and even the early 80s before the 80s heavy metal drummers really came into being, you know, and nothing disrespecting Eric Carr. Eric Carr was a great 80s heavy metal drummer. I mean, just beat the shit out of those those drums but he's a completely different style drummer than peter was it's peter's style in the 70s is much more apparent if you've grown up with everything that came in the 80s after him if you were just there in 76 77 78 you're not sitting here going wow he's not a he's not you know john bonham yeah he's not john you know he's not john bonham he's not He's not beating the crap out of this. He's not a power drummer because in the eighties, every freaking band had a power drummer in it. Just like every band had a Randy Rhodes wannabe in it. Yeah. You know? So if you just mark timeline, if you look at the timeline back into the seventies, Peter was freaking a monster. I always say Fit always perfect. watch, watch, watch the bootlegs, listen to the, listen to the shows from the seventies again with an asterisk right around 78, something happened and it snapped because that guy, you watch any of the dynasty footage, that guy's gone. That guy yeah. doesn't care anymore. And yeah. uh, anyways, let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, um, yeah. So the next one up is, uh, off of Kiss Alive 2, Larger Than Life. And I would, I got nothing against Larger Than Life. In general, I just don't care for side four of Kiss Alive. Boy, look 2. at the time. Look, you know, it's been a great it's, show, Greg. It's, it's, not, it's, not that it's, it's not that it sucks, but, you know, <laughs> I'm listening to Kiss Alive 2 for the three live sides. You know, it's a, that's the experience I want out of Kiss Alive too. Is the live power and energy, and you know, side four isn't isn't live. It's it, energy wise, it's a bit of a letdown for me. Um, but hey, larger than life is a great tune. I think it's really the drum sound that you listen to, to for that, that fourth side of the second Alive album. That I think the drum sound on Alive Two and also Creatures of the Night is very similar. It's that. John Bonham, humongous Gonzo sound. That's what makes those songs so special. Well, now, I'm, now, now I was going to say we could get into what was well, Peter gonna, drumming. Gonna, what was Peter drumming on side four? I'm I'm going to break the news because since this person has now since passed away, who told me not to discuss it, and I never did. I've said many times that is not Peter Chris on Larger Than Life. 
And I was told by the guitar player that it wasn't Peter Chris. And we all know who the guitar player was. He's so, <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Eddie Vincent. Uh, the guitar player, the guitar player on that session told me to my face that wasn't Peter Chris. Hmm. Among other people in the KISS camp who have asked me, can you just drop the subject? But it's not. So um, so I'm honoring them by not talking about again, that's not Peter Chris on larger than life. It's not. I, 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 I hate to insert a shameless plug, but in this old book of mine, Take It Off, Kiss Truly Mass, I interviewed Charlie Bignante from the band Anthrax, and he he also meant, he, he says the same thing you said, that Gene once told him that he's, according to Gene, he said it was either um, Anton Fig or Carmine Apiece, which I don't think that would be, I, I think I think it could be another drummer, but I don't think it's either one of them because the timeline- It's not one of- I, when yeah, we're done the here, timeline doesn't 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 really mesh. When with we're that. done here, I'll tell you who I was told it was. Oh, okay. Because look, look, I'm I'm a man of my word. When they tell me don't say stuff like that, I don't. I'm okay to say it's it's not Peter Chris. Could it be Alan Schwartzberg? I'm, again, when we're done, I will tell you. <laughs> because, you because because well because I was told not and and I will tell you that you know look. Bob told me, Bob's, Bob's not, can't sue me now. Bob's, Bob told me to my fucking face. So right. he said, that's not Peter. Cause we were talking about those sessions. He said, that's 100% not Peter. And yeah. as a drummer, I can tell you it's not him. None of those. How come every song in the catalog, but that one sounds different. Meaning from 78 back. Cause when you, when you get, when you get to dynasty, you can tell that's not him. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not how he plays. He's a scrappy little kind of jazz. I don't even know what you. Yeah, I hate that term because he's not really a jazz drummer. I, I, Charlie Watts, it, maybe. Charlie I, Watts. I think maybe? he's. I think he's got certainly have some Charlie Watts swing to him. And again, Peter does swing. I mean, yeah, swing. I was going to say swing is a good word. Yes. Yeah, yes, he's he's not jazz. Jazz jazz is very disciplined. If you listen to a jazz again, I'm playing drums for 45 years. I'm not trying to go about, but that that's not Peter. Doesn't do that. He does. Totally, totally Krupa. You listen yeah. to Sing, Sing, Sing. You can hear where Peter went, ah, you know, that's, and again, you know what, when I, when I hear Large in Life, that's one of my favorite, da na 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 bum bum na 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 not in any of his playing is that. That song is so different from everything else that they've done, that it's painfully obvious it's not him. And again, you know, so I can go back. Haven't you been paying attention? <laughs> we'll talk afterward, Tommy. But also, something I, else. I, honestly, I don't care one way or another. I just like the song. How can you be a Kiss fan and not care? <laughs> I don't. This is me not caring right here. <laughs> this whole show. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah. But something else I was going to add about that song, Larger Than Life, it's uh, Bob Kulik's uh, soloing that I think is also fantastic on that oh, song as well. How he's like an yeah, overbending and just everything. The guitar is just amazing. I mean, per personally, I think all that side four, I, it, it, for me, it would have just been better if it was all part of a regular studio album. And give me give me a four side of live material instead. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know. That's just how I feel about it live, too. I, I mean, look it, forward to side four whenever I listen to that record. I can't wait I, to I, get I, I never listen through. Once side three is over, I'm done. 
I'm I stopped listening to Alive too. Where's Lisa? Can Lisa come? I want Lisa. I start listening on the fourth side. <laughs> no, I, I just I don't listen to Alive too. I don't think it's very good. It's the best I've live album Kiss was, has ever done. It's I've my always thought it was with, tinny. The, my main problem with the second Alive is is it's so badly overdubbed. You can hear three Paul Stanley's uh, harmonizing backing yes. vocals like. I mean, at least be a little like uh, discreet with what you, that was well, just so sounds, blatant. Sounds tinny to me. Yeah. Do you, you know, remember the like circus? Alive. Do you remember the circus magazine at the time? Gene declared it their best sounding record of. Oh, fucking I, does I that you, with I, every album. Yeah, I was going to say he'll say that about every single new album that Kiss puts out. But I love the production uh, on side four. I, I think uh, Large and Life's a great example, but. Ace's guitar tone is look. Ace's guitar tone was always great. That that guy mm-hmm. cared for for whatever his faults were. When you put him in the studio, he made sure everything was dialed in perfect. He was a stickler for getting tone, and I think his tone is way. I shouldn't say way underrated because most guitar players will at least acknowledge whatever they think of his playing. You know, when you hit when he hit it, you know, a chord coming out of a Marshall, you could tell it was Ace Frilly. You know, and, and the way his picking was and his vibrato, I mean, but I mean, I'm just getting to the point that Rocket Ride on that record just blew me away. Then it blows me away now. And again, that song alone is worth the price of admission to the whole record. I, I think it's probably the best cut on the album. I absolutely love that song. One bit of criticism I've gotten from this article is a lot of people have said that it should have been All American Man instead of uh, the song Larger Than Life. Just as good. I really... I. Those three, those are the, the trilogy on there. I, uh, All American Man. I, I like rocking in the USA a lot. I do, I do too, but I think I think All American Man is really the quintessential Kiss Paul Stanley song. That mm-hmm. song really could have fit on Paul's solo record too. It was mm-hmm. very much. You could tell those were written around the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um. Up next, coming from Dynasty, Magic Touch. Oh boy! Look at the time. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> sit there with Mark. I mean, I got. There's no love, but there's no hate for Dynasty. It's an album that, that era, that timeline of Kiss was important to me. Mm. But man, I don't listen to Dynasty. I don't. That's not the album I pull out to to start listening to. It's just doesn't doesn't do it for me. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say it sucks. I'm not going to say it's terrible. Just, it doesn't work for me. I like the little, uh, part in the middle where he's uh, singing in uh, falsetto. Yeah. That's kind of different for like a kiss song. I love the song. So I thought it was a great choice for your list. Thank you. I, I, think, like it's a, I think it's a good song, but I think the jewel on that whole record is dirty living. I, and I know it was a single overseas, I don't know how that song didn't charge. I, I just think everything of Ace is playing through that is just phenomenal. Peter mm-hmm. sings his ass off. Um, I everything I love everything about that. Song. I think "Dirty Living" is one of the it's one of my favorite Kiss songs of, of all time. I just think it's got such a powerful beat to it. That's that was Peter at his apex best. I'm just talking about that song because, as I just said moments ago, that you know it was terrible on the tour, but. Whatever they got him through on that song, man, he he nailed it. Wasn't that the only song on Dynasty he actually played drums on? Yes. So he only had to focus on one song, man. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, but again, you listen to that, 
that record too, uh, you can hear Anton's, um, you know, especially on the Ace songs, because as we know, we wrote, or he, that's who demoed those songs, um, you know, with Ace. You, I'm fortunate, you know, having the demos for that record. I, you, fuck. I mean, there, I, his, his drum parts didn't change, you know, and um, it was, uh, you know, again, I, I, I think Dirty You're Living. You're such a hoarder. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to get into that later, too. Um, but that I think the you could have really chose any of the Ace songs off that record, too. Yeah, because I think Hard Times and Dirty Living, I would put all of the Ace songs, including the Stones cover above um, Magic Touch, just for the fact that I think because I always say, you know, I've said this on the show many times. I think if you are a classic rock, hard rock fan, and you don't like Kiss, it's because you didn't listen to them, because they're quintessential in that genre. I mean, you should like everything about Kiss, I mean, listening-wise. And I, I really think Ace really brought the rock on that record, because if it wasn't for Ace, that album wouldn't, wouldn't have rocked as hard, both in his songs and his solos. Um, even the little break in, uh, you know, I was made for loving you. It brings the rock to it. You know, that's a cool little soul. Ace was just so freaking great back then. He, he could write solos that you could sing along to. I mean, they're yeah. just magical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I put Ace in the same category as Brian May and also David Gilmore that you could sing along with their solos. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree with you. Um, all right, up next from a non-makeup album off of Lick It Up, Not For The Innocent. Yes. Oh, geez, look at the time. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. He nailed it. Spot on. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> oh that, 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 that was Tommy actually saying he's got to go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfectly timed. I'm very impressed by that. Um, <laughs> you know, Not For The Innocent is another one of those songs where it's like, uh, I got no love, no hate for it. I would have. I would have gone something else off of Lick It Up, I think. You know, for me... How does the Greg and Mark show sound? I, I think there's a great <laughs> ring. I'm in, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> the problem is Mark has no idea how to run this thing. That's true. I can barely turn my tablet on. <laughs> you know, now, you know should, should I have included Rock and Roll Hell instead of Not For The Innocent? What do you think? I would have, I would have definitely taken Rock and Roll Hell over Not For The Innocent, and just mm -hmm. for me personally. Yeah. Um, but I, off I, of I Lick It Up, I would... I'm throwing a flag because the demo for not for the innocent is better than the studio version and the studio version is awesome, but the demo is better because Gene and Paul trade vocals. Well, you, right. you can't, you That's can't, right. you yep. can't use demos. So sorry. It's yeah. my life. I, gonna make I it. want, you ought to know by now. What's it been seven years? Um, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, outside of lick it up, I always gravitate towards on the eighth day. A great song too I I, you know it, it it feels very kiss kiss anthemic on the eighth day to me it's a yeah it, you know it's a kind of a rally around rock and roll type of song and yeah. i like when kiss does that stuff um again i got nothing against not for the innocent but i'm not sh you know if we were sitting here going okay to mark's point what song would have been a better single at that time if it was released yeah you know maybe not for the innocent would have been a better chance than on the eighth day but i'm just doing this based on what i like and what i listen to and yeah on the eighth day is the song i 
I always sit here and go, man, I wish Kiss would do something with that. Yeah, because yeah, because like I mentioned in the article, the reason why I like that song so much is you could totally picture Gene in makeup singing that like he's still yeah. doing the demonic persona type thing. Whereas as you go on the 80s, further and further away from the makeup, he gets very unfocused. Yep. He's just, you know, I think that's the makeup. last the last Gene makeup song before Unholy. There's yeah. nothing off anything up until you get to Unholy that yeah. sounds like the demon. That one definitely sounds like it should have been on creatures of the night I yeah. mean that yeah that song that would have has, probably probably would have been even better if it had the creatures of the night production as well with the huge drums and everything that would have even added more to that song i think 100 percent agree because i know also there's a song look it up that i believe eddie trunk would have selected eddie trunk's favorite off that is a million to one. Oh god that's like one of the worst kiss songs ever <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I, I, a million I, to one, and I still love you. Are the biggest pieces of crap outside of Carnival of Souls and the Peter Chris solo album. <laughs> I, I still love you is still a fast. You know, I, I just I, look. I appreciate the songwriting. I appreciate the passion. I appreciate the performance. But that song just, and I hated that they did it on Creatures of the Night. I hated that they did it on Unplugged. Just. I still love you. Just it's just too droney. It goes yeah, on for it, just, it, it feels like it's trying to go somewhere, but never gets there. Yeah, I'm like, you know, that's the great. Yeah, well, look at, look at the time. You know, I'm like, I'm exactly with Mark on this. It's like I I appreciate the inspiration of the song. I appreciate his passion and singing and all of that. It is just you know, at the end of the day, music comes down to how does it fit with your ear. Is what hmm. it you know we can all hear the same note and we'll all one person will be like, Oh my God, that's like, you know, nails on a chalkboard. And the other ones that's like, that's music to my ears. That song is just like, Oh God, it's just hurts to listen to. (laughs) But doesn't I still love you get a few extra special points because it's lyrically about Dan Aykroyd's future wife. Oh, I could care less. It just hurts to listen. Just hurts (laughs) to listen. I I get that because i love the album so much that that that's the piss break uh so yes exactly <laughs> that's the piss. um you know and I, I always thought that killer was kind of throwaway too um but other than that i, I see it's funny because uh you're, i think i think danger is one of their most underappreciated songs i just think that at uh, the shuffle the, the drums just make it there's, and Paul's you know, vocal on that is just spot as, on. As there. albums go, Creatures of the Night has, in my opinion, a lot of, you know, underappreciated songs. I the hate to record. take this opportunity again, but in this book, the Eric Carr story, <laughs> <laughs> Eric Carr's sister, Loretta, says that uh, supposedly he once told her that his favorite Kiss song ever was Saint and Sinner, if you could believe it. I, the drum part's amazing. I love that. It that's is a, a good song. A, I'm, I'm surprised they never played that song live either, Saint and Sinner. That would have been a nope, good one. That, yeah, I don't think that's been ever been played anywhere. Um, I don't think so. No, that's a, that's got a really. Come on, did they did they play that on the cruise? No, they played uh, "Keep Me Coming" and they did "Rock and Roll Hell." Those were the two ones they did on the cruise. That was that's a, what they did early in the Creatures tour. That was a replica of the Creatures tour on the cruise. I kind of yeah, you're probably right. I'm trying to think. Hmm. I just remember talking about that drum part before because I that's a really that's a that's a yeah. really kind of Bonham-esque sort of uh 
Um, and it's funny, you know, go back to the drummer things. That's, that's something that Peter, again, go back to um, larger than life. Peter didn't have that in his repertoire, whereas Eric Carr did. Eric Carr was a student of John Bonham. Yeah. Peter Chris wasn't, you know, at all. And uh, I think he'd even say that to you. You know, he'd like Charlie Watts. And you could tell, don't mm. Charlie Watts, one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I was Greggy. It's again, I, I being a drummer, that was one of the arguments that I used to have all the time because people would, you know, poo poo people like Phil Rudd. And I'm like, highway to hell. Hello. Do you yeah. need octobons and wind chimes and shit for the No, you need the yeah. big beat. And that guy delivers in spades. Mm-hmm. And if you think that's easy, you've never done it. <laughs> that, that, that Phil Rudd is just a I think that the two uh, most underrated 80s metal rock, metal and also hard rock drummers were Eric Carr, especially on Creatures of the Night. And I always loved Clive Barr on those first three Maiden albums. I mean, if you think about how many, I mean, I just think about how many songs start with drums that you could actually sing the drum parts that he's playing. It's on every single album. There's like a few of them, you know, of course, Uh, the the top being run to the hills. Yeah. Um, geez, you know, is it Genghis Khan? Yeah. 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 That's, that's really cool. Also, uh, the beginning of the prisoner, that bass drum pattern that he does. Yeah. You know, and then he triples the one. And also underrated. Yeah. Just an insane great drummer. And also the song uh, running free. Oh yeah. That also starts with drums too. Yeah. Lots of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, that guy was extremely underrated, but I tell you what, you know, Nico's thing. Nico probably has one of the fastest single foot based. It's astounding how good Nico McBrain is. I, I just don't think he gets the love overall, but that guy's got, he's got it in spades. I mean, although I will tell you, because I remember when I saw the, uh, the uh, peace of mind tour, I remember being, I always thought he played some of the things a little too slow. Right. I don't know if, yeah, I don't. Yeah. It, it just those, are those geeky things, you know what I mean? But just as a great drummer, I don't know if you've ever, if you're a big Pat Travers fan, but his stuff they did with Pat Travers, you know, next level, fantastic, as was Tommy Aldridge's stuff. Yeah, Tommy Aldridge, yeah. Just incredible. Sorry, Mike, we're hijacking. No, 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 that's okay. That's okay. Um, Why don't, you know, why don't we throw out some other ones that didn't make this list? I know um, before we got started here, you know, Mark, you you brought up Flame and Youth. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me... What an, that, that's so overlooked and, you know, who knows why it's overlooked because it's got a calliope in there. Has it got a slightly different sound that to me is as much an anthem as like shout it out loud. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I can tell you as a kid growing up, flaming youth was my favorite kiss track. My as a parents kid. think I'm crazy. I mean, yep. what kid didn't love screaming that out every yep. time? Right. My uniform you know is better leather. than your parents. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like that was tailor made. Um, it's funny when, when you know, today when I was at work, I, you know, gave a little forethought and I was like, in my head, Craig, what I did is I did like five makeup tunes and five, you know, non makeup tunes. And I, I think one of the most overlooked Kiss songs, non makeup wise, is uh, I Had Enough. I, that is, so not kiss in the traditional traditional sense, but I thought them doing metal, I thought that's as about as good as it gets. That song, and, and let's why one of the biggest reasons is 
Mr. Eric Carr. I mean, he just yeah. his drum part on that. That middle mm. part where he's just, just, I mean, his drumming on that is absolutely stellar. And uh, mm. that's just a great song. Um, and, and I got to admit, that is probably my least favorite Kiss record, though, Asylum, or Animalize. I just, Animalize. One yeah, song on that that I think is a little underrated, as far as the riff that I like a lot, is the last song, uh, the song called Murder in High Heels. I love the uh, guitar riff, which was co-written by uh, Mitch, Mitch Weissman. Weissman. Yeah. Did you yeah, guys I ever think... have him on your uh, show before, Mitch? Uh, yes. Did we? Yeah, I, I, I wasn't there, but I, it was before I was there. Okay. okay. But I remember seeing it. I could have swore you did. Yeah, because I was going to say, if, if you haven't had him on your show, you should definitely have him. I've interviewed him a few times over the years, and he's like, has nonstop fantastic stories. You know, Mark, speaking of a, a, an 80s song, how about King of the Mountain? Same thing. I, yeah. I just think... Yeah. I Same love way. King of the Mountain, but you know, I, I think I had enough is just a little better of the song. What I really liked about King of the Mountain, I liked uh, that uh, Bruce brought that Zep feel in the middle where he's almost does that uh, over the hills and far away sort of, is it? No, 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 not over the hills, far away. Uh, he brought a Zep influence. I'm trying to think of the song. Oh, Christ. It's the first song on, on Houses of the Holy. Um, uh, the song remains the same? Yes, where he does that kind of, you know, Bruce mm -hmm. kind of brought that little weird part into the middle of uh, of uh, of King of the Mountain. Um, I thought he kind of did a little Jimmy Page thing there that I thought was, at least that's the way I heard it. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I always felt Asylum had more of a, of, of their 80s albums, Asylum had more of a 70s feel than the rest of the 80s album. Like Animal Eyes to me was just, Kiss trying to now be modern metal, basically. But Asylum, I mean, yeah, sure, there's Tears Are Falling was on there, but boy, it just felt more like a 70s hard rock album mm -hmm. than any of their others, other non-makeup ones. I, You know, it's funny it, because it took me a long time to get past the graphics on that record. Yep. <laughs> it really did. I I don't know why. Um, I remember just it's Kiss, so I wanted to like it. And that was one of the albums that took me the longest time. And I'm with you, Mike. It, it's a lot. I used to tell people that was my least favorite one, and then I'm like, when I'd start making comps, I'm like, I notice I always skip almost all of Animal Eyes. So I guess that's probably my my you know my least favorite. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and I and I will tell you. That one we talked about it before, Michael. The the guy who did the the what was it double something or whatever, the guy who redid in Kiss fashion redid. Uh, oh yes, double Vertigo. I think it was. Uh, he does a version of uh, Christ. What song is it? It's on. It's on uh, Asylum. Um, um, I mean, keep 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 talking. I'll I'll look real quick. Oh, here. you'll look it up. Anyways, he, he kind of did it in the, almost like a dress to kill sort of way in it. You're like, oh, my God, you know, I wish Kiss would have recorded it that way because it sounded like actually it sounded like something that could have been on Love Gun. Was it, I mean, it any, any way you slice it? No. Or love's a deadly weapon. No. I'm Their alive. Nope. Secretly cruel. Secretly, secretly cruel. Secretly cruel, cruel was it. Yep. 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 That version is secretly cruel that that guy did. It's still on YouTube. I think you can pull it up um amazing again it sounded like it could you're like 
when you hear it, you're like, okay, now I get it. That that's a Gene Simmons song that should have been on Love Gun and it should have been played like this because that guy nailed it. And there's again, he did a really cool video for it. So I highly recommend anybody. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think as albums go, as if if we were looking at overlooked albums, I think Asylum is probably one of the most overlooked Kiss albums because people look at it for the visuals. They look at it for the, the stage clothes mm-hmm. and they look at it for the cover art. And, you know, Kiss has always had that problem. The visuals yeah. have, have gotten in the way of people. I mean, that that's, was the downfall of Creatures of the Night. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's funny, Michael. I, I know we joke about it a lot on the show. I can't think of anything on on Crazy Nights that I would tell people to go listen to. And I, I mean that sincerely, that, that where they'd find that gem. Don't get me wrong. I like, like, Radar for a lot. That's on it, isn't it? That's, uh, That's on Asylum. Asylum. Um, no, what's the one I'm thinking of? Uh, the one song, Crazy Nights, that I think would have been better with a better production is the last song, Th- uh, Thief, Thief in the Night, which is another song that that guy Mitch uh, Weissman call out. At least like the riff. Like if that was heavier, I think it would have benefited that. But, you know, that whole album was just uh, very poppy sounding. Mike, what song, honest to God, other than the singles, would you go, you know what? This is a kick ass rocking. No, no, no. I love no, no, no. Mm. You know, starting the song with a guitar solo. And, you know, I felt like. It, it almost felt like, again, being in timeline, that that's when Bruce said, I'm comfortable here now. I'm comfortable in Kiss. You know, he, he, his, Asylum was his first album, and I don't find any fault with him, but, you know, I think he was finding his position, so to speak. And I felt like with Crazy Nights, Bruce was like, okay. I know, I know where I am. I know what I can do. I can know my, I know my boundaries. And I think, no, no, no. I, I love, again, I love that that opens with a guitar solo. And the problem I have with that is the same thing when I said that it was so unkiss like that doesn't sound like kiss to me. It sounds like Gene going, Hey, speed metal's kind of getting popular now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this because we're going to stay modern. We're going to, well, you know, let's keep in mind that was the whole ladies that was kiss was trying to yeah, play, try play. trying to be rel- keep themselves relevant in an era that basically said you can't have makeup because you guys are idiots wearing makeup and you can't play when you wear makeup. So now they take it off and now they're trying to be relevant, but there was a shitload of competition hitting the 80s at that point in time. Yeah, I, you know, again, I don't go back to that album for. I, again, I don't think I could pull anything off that record, and and use it in the in the the context that you know Greg brought to us today. I, I nothing on that record to me is underrated or underappreciated. I, I think it is what it is. It's a Kiss trying to be Heart, trying to be Bon Jovi, trying to be something they're not, and it just didn't work well for me. And you know, or, or, it's, it. or it's Kiss trying to be a Paul Stanley solo album. Yeah. 
but you know, I, I think Paul would be the first one to admit it, and I've read it in his interviews. Is, is like he had no help. I mean, he, yeah. oh yeah, no, no, he had no. He, he was he on did his the own. Best he could. Why, yeah, why he do you why best. do you think the '80s sound like Paul Stanley solo albums one after another? Because he got to do whatever he wanted to do, and nobody was there to tell him otherwise. Yeah, moving to the next record, um, I get a lot of shit for this, but I love I love Cadillac Dreams. I think that's a fun song. Ugh. <laughs> that I hate, you know, other than other than hide your heart and forever, I just there's nothing on hot in the shade. I go back to nothing. It just feels so unfinished. Little Caesar, I like. I yeah, also like I uh, Love Me to Hate You's got a great kind of uh, kind of a chorus too. I think that's a good Paul Stanley song. I, I just don't think those songs were flushed out enough. You can tell they're demos. Yeah. I remember just being really disappointed with that. And I remember, I hate to say it this way because I'm a big blues fan. Just the, the slide guitar at the beginning of, of rise to, it just doesn't work. That's not, that's the whitest sounding blues I've ever heard in my life. And it just, it just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I understand that Paul, whatever I, the, the powers that be probably were going you know cinderella's doing this kind of yeah stuff we gotta right be a now. bit bluesy <laughs> yeah and it just didn't work and again that's the biggest problem i have be it the attempts at you know harder metal to the attempts at bon jovi it's like kiss to me is mid-paced kick-ass rock and roll which is why i love um sonic boom so much because one of my most under i love the song stand it's got the great Kiss harmony vocals in it. It's got great mid-tempo. It's got a great little storyline to it. I love that song. I, I love pretty much everything on, on Sonic Boom. I think that's like the quintessential perfect Kiss record. I could listen to that all day long. And I, I, I challenge people who don't like it. I don't think you listen hard enough because like we say this on the show. You can't go to the 80s and find a, a line that goes back to the first record. I can take Sonic Boom and go back to the first record. It's four on the floor, hard rock. There's, they're not trying to be a speed metal band. They're not trying to be Bon Jovi. They're not trying. It's four guys who wrote all the songs and played them. That's what that album is. That album is just a brilliant Kiss record. Absolutely love Sonic Boom. And um, look at the time. Uh, <laughs> I, I to me Sonic Boom goes is a line drawn back to 80s. I when I heard Sonic Boom I'm like okay this is an extension of where 80s Kiss would oh, be I going disagree. towards. Disagree. Totally disagree. Well you know, let me just quickly throw out a few other songs that I was thinking for the list and I just couldn't squeeze in. I was thinking I was contemplating Sweet Pain, Let Me Know, uh, going blind, but I already said I, I had to get rid of that because that was on the uh, that was on the um, <clears throat> MTV Unplugged site so that got deleted. I was also considering. Um, well, the song "Almost Human" has one of the best A solos in it. Yeah, I agree. That's also another. You know, but on the notes, I love uh, "Love All I Can." That was a great one. I all those are just great. Everything you just mentioned would be a song that I would give to somebody who knows the hits but wants to go deeper because i think those are almost human again just the quintessential love gunish gene simmons song i mean way more than like because i like got love for sale and you know obviously christine 16 was a top 20 hit but almost human is the demon 
you know, yeah. um, personified. That yeah. really was his character. Much like, again, you know, giving it up for Peter Chris. I, Gene and Paul always poo pooed Hooligan. I think Hooligan's a classic his song. I think that's a great song. Yep. From his vocal delivery, again, much like Dirty Living, listen to Aces playing throughout Hooligan. He's just fucking nailing it over and over and over. Those solos throughout that song are great. And Peter's rock and roll scream voice, that's quintessential kiss. That mm. that is it, man. That that stuff reminds me of what he was doing on uh you know on Kiss Alive on the screams on that, you know, like no, with nothing to lose and stuff. His vocal delivery is very similar on on Hooligan. Just great stuff. And that's the problem I really had with Peter's solo record. That was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, because it's funny too, um, when <clears throat> when Bruce did uh what the hell song he did uh, off of with at the creature fest thing they did uh hooked on rock and roll was that the one they did i think so it but it didn't have i that song to me i think could have had old school peter chris in it had he rocked it up more and i remember you know whatever a couple months ago when the videos were flying around from that event i was hoping they'd capture that but it still it still didn't do it i still think that song could be better than it is and I think his solo record could have been better than it was had he been more rock and roll. I, I, I think it just, it's just too, I don't know, milk toast for me, if that's even a word. I don't know if they even say that anywhere else in the country, but that's what it is to me. You know, it just doesn't have any it to it. Um, well, no you know, like, like, like I said, when I, I started, we started this discussion, it's impossible to just pick five. These guys have so many great tunes that are overlooked and I could pick five today and it'll be a different five a week from today. Yeah. It's always changing. Yeah. I mean, you go, you go listen to an album that you haven't listened to in a month or two and you're like, Oh God, I forgot all about that was such a great tune. Why didn't that become a big hit? Why didn't they play that one live? It's as good as the single. Let's go to uh, I Pledge Allegiance to Rock and Roll off of, of, of yeah. Circle Circuit. That quintessential kiss. Yeah. Quintessential kiss. Raise Your Glasses to me is quintessential kiss, too. Yep. Big chorus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, those are overlooked, you know. Well, you know, and, and, and sadly, like Psycho Circus, I feel like fans overlook it because of the controversy of who recorded it. So they're all, you know, the fans are caught up in something other than the music. You know, yeah, you can legitimately have an issue that it wasn't the original four on every song. But now let's just listen to the songs and tell me that song isn't good. It's a good song. And are you going to hate a great song because of something else? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Michael. Yeah. At the end, of, at the end of the day, it's the song that matters most. If the song is most important. If you're going to crucify the band for Psycho Circus, then you got to do it for Creatures of the Night, too. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the same things. It wasn't all, you know, Gene, Paul, yeah, obviously Ace and, and Eric. It was, it, was filled, it was filled with studio musicians and guest songwriters. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when we had Michael James Jackson, he said the problem with it. They didn't have songs. I had to reach out to every songwriter I knew to get people to start writing with Gene and Paul because they didn't have songs for creatures. Mm. 
And yet, you know, every fan is like, oh my God, they, if they write with outside songwriters, it just sucks. Yeah. But you love creatures of the night, don't you? Oh yeah. It's a great album. Okay. So what is it? Yeah. I was going to point out something else I noticed by going back and listening to all these songs, how there is such a huge difference in production and sound when you, when I listen to dynasty compared to any of their other seventies albums, like, I don't know why they thought that was such a good idea to go from like a really great Eddie Kramer live sounding production to a very shrill, trebly Peter Chris live sounding production for dynasty. Peter Chris, yeah, they, used, they, used they, 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 they used, they used the producer Peter wanted yeah. in yeah. hopes yeah. of, in, in hopes of keeping Peter happy. Yeah. And then even he said he shouldn't play. The record. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing I could, th- the only thing I could think of is similar is if, if uh, my, my all time favorite band is uh queen. If you listen to the game, which was a fantastic sound production to Hot Space, which is like the worst sounding oh, production. Boy. <laughs> boy, boy, I'm sure you felt it like I did. I, I can't even get through Hot Space now. Yeah, I, it's I very difficult. There's, there's maybe one or I like the single Calling All. What was Calling All Girls? Calling All Girls also put out the fire is a good song. Yeah, put the, the, and that's pretty much it. Um, you know, if, if you ever want to listen to the 1982, it's called Queen uh, Queen on Fire at the Ball. They do a lot of the Hot Space songs, but it's heavier and live, and it sounds a million times better. Than it did well, on the album. Better, maybe I got to check that out because yeah, I to this day cannot get past that record. I have tried numerous times. It's uh, it's tough. You could say Hot Space was Queens the Elder. Every band, you know what? <laughs> Every band that's been around that long has an elder type album in their catalog. It's yeah. just. You, you can't be a band for 30, 40 years and not have at least one misstep. It's just going to happen. Yeah. It's how, how you deal with that misstep and mm-hmm. come out of it that determines whether you're going to continue moving forward or your career is over. Right. But, you know, is there any band that's been around for 50 years that literally every single album was an incredibly great album. The only band I could think of that put out a really bad album uh, with <clears throat> Metallica and they put out St. Anger, but they didn't dip in popularity at all. But that was an awful album. But it did but actually like their career. They were still selling at stadiums. I like that album a lot. I just hate the production. Um, yeah. Um, what's the leadoff song? I really like that song. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I know the lyric is uh, my lifestyle determines my death style, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really I, I like don't know that. What, I, I forget what. <laughs> oh, I, for me, I, 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 I was frantic really to them. Frantic, frantic. There you go. Yeah, frantic TikTok. Right? Isn't that the lyric? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a dynamite song. I actually like that record. Um, I wish they would have tried. That see, that was one thing about that record. There's no guitar solos. The drum sound is absolutely disgustingly horrible <laughs> um but i i like that song and and probably i like about half that record that that album reminds me of generation swine because i think generation swine there's like four or five songs on generation swine there as good as anything on shout at the devil and then the rest of it is just the worst shit they've ever done so you got an <laughs> album of what a dichotomy you got an album that's got four or five great songs and then four or five of the worst turds they've ever fucking released. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think, I, I think same anger is like that with me too. I, 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 I like it, but it could have been so much better. Um, 
and and you know that again that just proves the point any band that's got that long of history is going to have something like that it's just natural as bands evolve and get stagnant and try and get creative and try and grow it happens i mean i here i'd throw this out as a as a as a first homework question is is there a band anybody knows that's been around 30 years or longer i'm not talking a band that's only been around five years and has got a couple albums Mm -hmm. is there a band that's been around that long that every single album was great never had a misstep no turbo they ruined it yeah (laughs) i mean i mean i mean mean, you 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 could list priest you can list maiden you can list cheap trick you can list kiss you can list acdc queen you know metallica van halen i mean the list just goes on and on and on it's how they come out of that album do they do they look back and go okay we tried but yeah that wasn't us let's go back to what we are I mean, you can give you can give ACDC props that they never tried to do like a dance disco song. They stayed true to their you know path. But like I kind of check out with ACDC after Who Made Who era. That was the last album that I really bought. I, I, I thought the last great one was Flick of the Switch. Yeah, that's um, a very underrated ACDC album, I think, personally. Yes, yes. Um, I liked Fly on the, oh, Fly on the Wall to me is just like um, the, the Motley Crue album I was talking about earlier, because mm-hmm. half of Fly on the Wall fantastic the other half is just horrible and really from there up until i like the black ice record oh you know what i know what i like a lot i like uh the one uh a stiff upper lip i like that album a lot um so i'm a huge acdc fan and i all the bond records are great i like mo i will tell you i think (laughs) this is is gonna get me blasphemy too i think for those about the rock is is this much like a hair like the paul stanley ace frilly solar i think i think flick of the switch or not flick of the switch uh for those about to rock, to rock is a hair better than back in black and if i had to go on an oh, island, look at Desert the time island, i would i would take that one that to me is their best brian album I, every song on that record almost i, I think night of the long Nights is a little lame but I mean, I, 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 I think we could agree that ACDC never went as far as doing something like the elder or unmasked in their career. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they didn't deviate as far as a lot of other bands did, but yeah, for the most part, God, every band has got that album where you're just like, yeah, okay. I'm skipping that one in the discography. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what? This is one of the reasons I think the Rolling Stones are the greatest band of all time. They weathered all of those storms. Yep. And they were able to do a disco song and do a punky sort of song and do, you know, do a dance. So they, you know, and then, you know, when you get into uh, Undercover, they did a, you know, almost an electronic sort of thing. Those MFers, man, they could they they rode every crest of every wave and were able to do it and still sell. Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. You you can't argue with that. The, and fuck, they're still you know mix eighty. They're playing fucking stadiums. Yeah. Um, the Rolling Stones. This is again, you know, this is for a whole nother topic. But whenever, don't go wrong. I get the Beatles. I have the Beatles. Beatles. I get it. The Beatles didn't have to fucking weather the storm. You know what I mean? 
Mark, you turned off your video. There we go. No, I didn't. My there it goes. My phone's getting or my we got to wrap up now because my I think I've only got another like eight percent on my. Okay. All right. All right. right. Well, 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 Greg. So one more time, show us the book you just released. The book I just released, iconic guitar gear. Eddie Van Halen on the cover. Uh, We talk about uh, all the great guitarists: Eddie Van Halen, Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, Brian May. Uh, we talk about all the gear they use, Ace Freely, of course, and uh, some uh, pretty cool photos in it um, to show you uh, some really cool uh, Eddie Van Halen photos here. That's nice. a great one of him nice. playing his uh, Frankenstrat. So that's th- that's the latest one you get on Amazon. You could also um, check out these books on Amazon, which I uh, last time I was on, I talked about this. Love yep. it. Great book. book. And also the Eric Carr story oh. is a great one. And uh, you can go uh, also on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, which is uh, Greg Prado Writer, twitter.com slash Greg Prado Writer. I'm always posting my latest articles and also interviews and write-ups on that. Awesome. Cool. Greg. So thank you. Oh, and also, of course, always, check always, out the, always and I was going to say, check out the All Music uh, article, which is- Yeah, I'll, I'll put, I'll put the link for the All Music article in the, in the show notes so people can, yeah. can kind of read along as we're discussing it. Yes. And I was going to say, if anyone wants to comment on the actual article, you could say what song should have been included, which one shouldn't have been included. Feel free to do that as well. Yep. Awesome. Always welcome, man. Great job. Awesome. Great. Thank Thank you, you, Greg. It was great speaking with you. You bet. Take care. Bye bye. You have something to say. Leave a voicemail or send us a text message. Call 320-515-4771. Another fun three sides of the coin type discussion. I love those kind because there's no, there, there literally is no right or wrong answer and stuff like this. We need more Ed though. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We piss him off. He he was going to (laughs) have, he's going to have to do his work now. And now he left. That was, that was the greatest hang up ever though. I know he he timed (laughs) that one perfectly. Um, I think the homework question is, is obvious. What do you think of the five songs Greg picked and what would you include differently? And kind of follow along with the same rules. Like if it was on a live or a live too, um, or, you know, if it was a single, but it was a single that didn't happen. That's not, that's not overlooked. They tried. We're talking songs that were never released as a single, maybe rarely if ever played live, but, are as good as what was released and what is being played. And it can't include demos. No demos. What? Well, yes, no, it's it no, 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 no. It's my life. Doesn't look, work. look, just in just all you have to do is just go. I'm invoking the Mark rule. The Mark, the Mark rule. rule is I will do what I want whenever I want. <laughs> That's true. That's how it works. Um, yeah. So you guys know what to do with your homework. Um, and, uh, you know, go leave your answers online and we're done. We'll see everybody next week. The show. Visit threesidesofthecoin.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. Voices for Three Sides of the Coin. Provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.